0: Previous guests have loved the experiences, especially because you can just show up and know that everything will be taken care of. Unmound Retreats is offering exciting and luxurious retreats in Morocco and Mexico. Go over to unmoundretreats.com and sign up to get on the email list so you can find out more. Hey there, this is Nicole, the host and producer of the Found End Podcast. I just want to say this episode's a good one. I talked to Brian Sear, a firefighter, paramedic. So, stay tuned. But I'm going to do a little business housekeeping stuff before we get into the episode. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to tell you that the trip to Morocco is happening. It's going live. So, if you want to go to Morocco with me and my friend Courtney, go to Found Down Podcast and click on Unbound Retreats. And you can fi- find out all kinds of information about the trip to Morocco this fall. The dates are September 18th through September 25th. I'm going to be hosting a few info sessions on Zoom with Courtney so you can ask all your questions. If you want to reserve your spot, you can do so now um, if you go to UnmomentTreats.com or if you go to Found On Podcast, there's a link to Unmoment I hope to see you there. It will be such an amazing time. I'm, I'm, I'm just like blown away that this is happening. So I hope that you can join me. Now I'm going to talk about our amazing sponsor, Nicole Kupchik, CNS and educator. You know, she offers the found down listeners 20% off all of her products. So that's online courses, zoom classes, um, educational books, some of the classes or courses, um, that she offers, She's got the cardiac bootcamp, cardiac med certification, unveiling the mysteries of mechanical ventilation, hemodynamic monitoring, stroke review, bootcamp, dodging delirium, and of course, CCRN and PCCN certification reviews. Listen, check out her products. You know, growing your practice makes you feel more empowered, learning more about you know, I don't know. I was a little stale on cardiac stuff there for a while. So I've really enjoyed her cardiac bootcamp class. But if you want to grow your practice and empower yourself, I'd check out her products at Consulting.com. You can use the, the coupon code FOUNDOWN20, that's lowercase FOUNDOWN20 at checkout. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in as always. You are all, you're the best. I couldn't do this show without you. And I hope you enjoy this great episode with Brian Sear, Paramedic and Firefighter. Welcome to the Found Down Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Found Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Johnson. Wow, I just like fucked my name up. Today I'm talking to Brian Sear. He's a lifelong paramedic out of Sonoma, California, and we're going to talk to him about his path to being a paramedic and how it's been going, what he loves about it, what he doesn't love about it, and anything else that comes up before we do any of that. How are you, Brian?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I love that you kicked off the swearing within the first three seconds. You know, so because there, there's going to be a lot, I'm going to blow up the broadcasting as a whole right now, you know, like for the whole thing that is is there a pre interview? Yes. Right. For people that don't think there is. Yeah. How to think the Tonight Show works. Yeah. There's pre interviews. But yeah. So the talk about, hey, swearing's OK. That I'm glad you kicked it off within the first 30 yes. seconds. Yeah. And uh, so, um, and and that was, I know, I replied to one of your emails today, but yeah. the, the first question was probably my favorite. Of of the entire thing because it wasn't just how are you it was how are you comma no really you know like really how are you doing yeah Uh, because I mean it's how many of our conversations start off how are you where it's just oh how you doing oh I'm good you know it's all right
2: yeah
1: um but and and I'm also going to throw a shameless plug probably in the in the first part of that question right here too on that how are you um you know it it it's funny we're you know, I've been mainly a fire-based paramedic almost my whole career. I had a couple, I think I did private ambulance for six months. Um, the rest oh, of it's wow. always been the fire departments. So everything, especially in the fire department, you know, it's, it's a lot of us that we're, we just swallow everything. Like that's the job. You're tough. You just keep handling it and deal with it. And yeah, right. Push it down. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, I went to our chief is really, really big on uh, first responder resilience. it's it's a you know really it's the hot button topic. seems like every decade there's a new thing. and that's the, thankfully, this is the one for the 2020 s mm-hmm. is you know resiliency for first responders. And one of our, uh, one of our locals, she's one of the, the godmothers of Sonoma County EMS. There's, there's always been a holy trinity of them. There's been like three female paramedics that have run the show forever. Um, she's since retired from being a field medic mm-hmm. and has started this whole program of, of first responder, uh, resiliency. It's actually the name of her company, first responder resiliency, her name's Sue Farron. And, um, so our chief sent me to this conference with a couple of other guys. And I'm like, yeah, you know, chief, I've, I've really had kind of a blessed career, you know, looking at it. Like, I've, I mean, yeah, I've had some shitty calls, but I don't have a ton of them. And it's been a long time since I've had, like, the really bad, nasty call where, mm. where you're like, I mean, like, ah, maybe we should send other people. There's other people I can think of. And then I went to it. You start, you start talking with Sue. And it's not just, cause that's all I was thinking about was, Oh yeah. Hey, what was my last really bad call? Right. Um, but you start talking to Sue and it's like, you know, your cup is only, your cup can only hold so much. Mm-hmm. And you start thinking about everything else, not just, Hey, what was this last call I was on? What was, what's this last year been like for me, for my kids? And, and since 2015, we've burned down a community, um, oh, every God. Year, you know, and it's including our own, Um, in 2017 and so you start thinking about all this stuff in the personal life with you know my wife's had crazy the the most nuts health story would be an entire another podcast for you Mm. um if you could get if you could get a Costa Rican neurologist onto your podcast it would be the most amazing one you ever could and then um and then you know myself I actually went through cancer last year And you have you have all these things that start adding up, and then you're like, oh my god, yeah, hey, you know what? I'm not doing that good. Like I'm not doing as well as I thought I was. Um, And so, yeah, like I said, shameless plug for for Sue, Um, her program that she's reaching out now to the first responder community. She's starting to bring RNs and also because I mean, Sue's a 35 year medic. She's had she knows every probably every RN in Northern California that's worked in the an needy and, you know, um, and it's an amazing program. It, it really is. We watch all mm-hmm. these big tough firefighters go through it that are like, Oh, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. Why are we doing yoga? Why are we doing this? And at the end of it, they're sold. They're absolutely sold on everything. Um, and the yoga, I don't want to blow her program up for people that haven't been to it. Mm-hmm. The yoga is the best part. The yoga, cause she, she sets it up so well. Um, she has you know, there's a lot of lecture. Yeah, um, just talking about things like even like sleep. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, but then, um, she takes you out in the field with a guy that's doing qigong, mm-hmm. um, which is basically the more hippie version of tai chi. Is my okay. best my best description of it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and out there you get all these guys, and I was one of them. I'm like, this is a joke. Come on, Sue, what are we doing? Yeah, you're like and, rrr, uh, rrr. right right and you get through that about four hours later she's like oh okay we're gonna go do yoga now and so you're just like bullshit i'm not i'm not going to do yoga and the guy she has to teach yoga he's like an ex-navy operator of this giant of a man that's a ex-navy seal and he's just and you're intimidated by him and he's so into it and it's the best part of it you're sold you're absolutely sold on it afterward so um how am i doing to get back to it yeah overall? right well well i mean it's it's amazing how well your brain, I think your brain heals. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really does. I've mm-hmm. had a good run in the last six months of stuff going on. Like I said, you know, I had testicular cancer at the start of the pandemic. you um, like, oh so,
0: God, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was fun with no with no immune system when we just knew nothing about it. It's like a deadly um,
0: virus. Right.
1: Right, right. That
0: you um, had to be so, in the thick of.
1: Right. But, you know, now with I've been a big part of our vaccination program and it's stuff. Coming, so now to be part of the solution. Um, I think that's really switched me over a lot, as mm-hmm. opposed to just being, you know, I'm, a, I'm our infection control officer. So every time I'd get a phone call from anybody at work, I get nauseous. I'm like, Oh, God, right? Who, how many people are in my quarantine? Am I doing enough? Are we doing, are we doing it right? Wrong? Right, right. To now. To now switch it over to where it's part of the solution is, I mean, it's amazing. It's a great feeling and that for my personal well being, that's been amazing. So,
0: and you know, when you're around everybody in the vaccine, you know, whatever vaccine clinic or you're, you're spearheading that program, like that, everyone is so hopeful, like everyone's so happy. And so, I mean, it's contagious.
1: Yeah. It's been some of the most rewarding days of my career entirely, you know, doing these things. The first one we did was just for first responders. Um, We got it up and running and it was, it was one of the best days of my career. Um, I was just in there giving I.M. injections. You know, nothing—the easiest skill we've got. Nothing to right. it. And right. um, but it was, and everybody's so hopeful and so happy to make this happen, just to get life back. You
0: right. know. Yeah, uh, I'm so happy that we're on the brink of normalcy. Hopefully, right? F- fingers right. crossed.
1: I, I think we are. I mean, I really do. I think we're closer yeah. than than we think, and and I think we're there. Um, some of our community vac- vaccination clinics we did. I mean, again, just amazing. When you're watching the, the 75, 80 year olds hadn't been out of their house in 10, 11 months, you know, and coming through and just so excited and so thankful. Um, I mean, those are kinds of the reasons we got into this, mm-hmm. you know, right. for everything. And you you didn't, you didn't realize it. it was something you never thought you'd end up doing. Um, right. But you're like so,
0: injections, right? You know, yeah. It,
2: yeah. But mm-hmm.
0: no, but so super important and um absolutely so rewarding. I've spent a little time myself doing doing some of that work and it's just it's good. It's, it's phenomenal pheno- it feels phenomenal.
1: Yeah. You know, it, it's funny, but it when it first rolled out, I'm sure in Washington it was similar where there was just no plan, you know, everything was a mess. Like, hey, yeah. how are we doing this? So we were scrambling to find people that could vaccinate.
2: Yeah. So
1: our our local EMS agency uh, approved all paramedics to do it. Um, you know, I mean, am injections are in our scope, but it was a new bed, mm-hmm. um, and then they added EMT once. The EMT basics could do it. Usually, that's not their thing. But I mean, well, uh, how long does it take to train somebody to give an eye injection? Give me five oranges. <laughs> five minutes. Yeah, I need five oranges, five syringes in five minutes. Right. right. And, I'll, uh, and I'll teach a bunch of people how to do this. Yeah. But then one of the, I was in a meeting where one of the people came up. They're like, well, vet techs will be approved for it too. And everybody's losing their mind. Like, vet techs, why, why should they be doing it? What, like, really? Like, they will go, <laughs> they will go inject a 600 pound horse and then turn around and do a three pound chihuahua that's trying to kill them. Right. Like, that is deep. That's who I want giving me mine. There you right? go. So, yeah.
0: That's perfect i want to go back to something you were talking about and that is you know you're 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 saying we're in this your profession is in this sort of new wave of focusing on resiliency what was it like when you started
1: oh man so i mean i started in 93 um and uh you know, as a 19 year old. And so I'd, I'd be around people 40, 45 years old. And I mean, that was my dad's age. Yeah. And, and, and again, my dad is too, my dad's like one of the toughest people I've ever met until he gets a sniffle. Um, <laughs> and, and which is, which is the first thing I tell people. And they're like, Oh, Moderna's got so many side effects. Like my dad said he went through it with no side effects, which means there were no side effects whatsoever. Oh, right. you know? Um, but, um, and, it was, it was entirely, Hey, this is what we do. Right. I mean, and, and I didn't know any better, you know, you'd yeah. go on like horrific car wrecks and uh-huh. it was just like, no, this is what we do. Uh-huh. Um, and he didn't talk about it. You didn't really, you, you just went back, cleaned everything up and went back to work. Uh-huh. And there was nobody that was bringing it up. Like, Hey, you know, after 30 years of doing this, uh-huh. what is this duty? Yeah. Like I would, I'm watching some of our brand new young guys uh-huh. and they are so excited For the big car wrecks. Because, okay, yeah, now we're pulling out the jaws of life. We're cutting cars apart. and We're doing what we've been trained for. I would be perfectly happy if I went the rest of my career and never went on a vehicle accident again. You know, and and tell them those guys that. Like, oh, what are you talking about, man? This is what we do. I don't want to do it. You know, I mean, I get it. I get it's what you've been trained to do. And, you know, it's, it's kind of cool to cut up a car. I'll cut up a car in training all day. I'll do all kinds of cool stuff with you. But for us to do that, somebody is so horrifically hurt. Yeah. I just, I, I would be fine if we never did it again. And it was, we just, you, you were supposed to swallow it down and not talk about it. And one of the things that Sue does is great. And then, you know, kind of like the midpoint of my career, we really got into like critical incident stress debriefing, Mm -hmm. um, which is, which is great after the fact, but Sue really pushes the, before the fact, you know, just, Mm. just, you know, treating yourself before just like working out or anything else, you know, instead of injury treatment, let's prevent it. Mm-hmm. um you know how are you dealing with that stuff so that i'd love to see that transition now as opposed to one it was never a thing like when i started it was just never a thing and then midpoint of my career i was like oh hey let's bring it up some more, mm-hmm. right whatever big trauma you just went through let's make you relive it right? all right <laughs> that's that's the debriefing part as right. to now hey how do we prevent it before it happens yeah these kinds of things
0: sometimes i wonder like what you know those of us has been in these sort of adrenaline filled careers like what what is having our catecholamines just surging all the time like been doing to us? You know, just like oh no,
2: it, it's brutal.
0: Overdrive on yeah. I, I I understand the sentiment. Obviously, I've never been on anything, experienced anything like that. But you know, my ICU brain can understand like what that might be like, and um, I can understand why you wouldn't want to do that again. So,
1: well, you know, it's funny. It's I, I, this is, my wife was an ED nurse for 27 years. Uh, mm-hmm. She just left and went to the PACU. And it, it's when you look at like the two big critical care nurses, right? ICU yeah. and ED yeah. and how much they don't want to do each other's job. <laughs> like You know, this is like, Oh God, no. But the ICU is the same thing on it. Cause you're with these patients for so long mm-hmm. when you're with somebody for five, six days and then they die. That's horrible.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's
1: brutal. When I, you know, I just meet somebody the first time. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're dying then, but 20 minutes later I'm done with them right as opposed to that five six days i mean that's a horrific on on you guys alone where i've got to know them i've got to know their families and mm-hmm. all this and then they die that's a horrific experience mm. I mean, yeah. sorry sorry to bring it up sorry, no sorry no no no
0: it <laughs> no it's it, you know just makes me like i'm like contemplating a young person who died on, on our unit but who was there for a while you know and um yeah you know you get attached you get atta- mm. You definitely get attached. So let's go back to your career. I want to talk about how, like, tell me sort of the trajectory that you went on, and like, what did what did you love about this path that you w- that you went on? So
1: I fell into it, really, into at least getting into the fire service. Yeah. I was uh, just failing out of college, you know, right, right out of high school, just completely because I had no idea what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it just basically was get my parents off my back. You know, I either had to work full time or I had to go to school. So that was that was the deal. Yeah. So I went to school and failed miserably. And um, when they were when they were at the point like, hey, you OK, so now you need to get a job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I found a hand crew, a wild man hand crew up in northern California. That I I was—I grew up in LA, and then I wound up in Northern California. Then
0: you called it a hand uh, crew.
1: So yeah, hand crew is um, where they go out and dig fire line around the fires. Oh, Oh, okay, um, out there. So um, I started with them for my whole plan was, hey, this is one summer, it'll get my parents off my back, Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll figure something out when I get home. Um, Did it for a year and just fell in love with it. And there was there was no EMS related to that. We just went on wildland fires. That was it. Um, But. After doing a summer of it, I was like, "Hey, you know what? This is kind of what I, I knew. I didn't want to be on a crew for my entire career. It's really not a career thing, mm-hmm. but um, I do want to get into the fire service. I wanted to do it, so um, you know, went to the fire academy. Ended up going uh, going through EMT class through that. Um, bounced around a little bit, with some seasonal jobs, and then wound up in Lake Tahoe on a paramedic or a fire fire, uh, fire department internship. And I um, was up there for a few years and testing all over the state with fire departments. And in the mid nineties, it was brutal. Yeah. No, there was 5,000 guys show up for one
2: oh, job Wow.
1: for EMT jobs, but for paramedic jobs, which is what every department was kind of transitioning to. Um, there was like 30 guys, you know, showing up. So finally the writing was on the wall. Hey, you, you need to go to paramedic school and there, and there's still this contingency of guys that are like, Oh no, I'm going to be a firefighter. I'm not going to be a paramedic. <laughs> like man, 90% of our calls are medical aids. So when I sit there and tell you, when you're like, hey, why do you want to do this? Well, you know, I want to help people in my community. So you want to be limited at 90% of your calls. Mm. Um, And I, when I went to school, it was because I wanted to get hired. But once I got out and started working in the field, it was like, oh man, no, this is what we do. You know, Mm -hmm. this is entirely what we do. So um, yeah, I went, I initially went to school solely to get a job in in the fire department. But once I got out and started doing it, it was like, yeah, this is why we're here. This is the vast majority of our calls. You know, I need to be the the highest ranking person here medically that I can be on it. Yeah. So yeah. So when uh, that was late '90s that I went to medical school, or well '97. '97 is when I graduated from school, and it I made mean, it's funny. It was only a six month program. They're they're one to two years now. Yeah. But to look at it and be like, you know, I have a medical license like allows me to give drugs and shock people. And I went to school for six months. You know, when I'm looking at some of these nursing programs that people are in for, you know, they're trying to get in for four years and yeah. then doing another four years. But yeah, and it's um, where you're at is crazy with EMS. I mean, King County is is like the their the, your your listeners that are listening to me there will be like, six months? What are those Californians doing? You know? <laughs>
0: hey,
1: well that uh, was in much. the nineties. Yeah. Not much. We, we put them in the back and go fast. So that's
0: a Well, I mean, sure. You've had to probably do all kinds of like CEs and whatever over the, your.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I want to know about, so you can do all kinds of things obviously with, because you're in emergency medicine. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and you, what was that like when you sort of learned like, Oh, I can do, I can intubate or I can, do these things? Like, how did that, how did that feel?
1: You know, it's funny. It's uh, so much of my career is just ignorance on it that I just didn't know any better. Yeah. Like, I I didn't realize that like only doctors and RTs could innovate. I just thought everybody could
2: innovate. They showed
1: me how to innovate. You know, because it was mainly nurses that taught our program. Yeah, so oh. so when they're showing us how to innovate, I didn't realize nurses couldn't innovate. I thought everybody could, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, it's funny. You look at it when you get into the hospital setting, it's you know, the physician is gonna come in and innovate because this is the big skill. It's easy. It's 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 one, it is like the skill. If you go by the book, it works. Um, IVs and, and friends of mine that are listening to this that know IVs, they're like, buddy, you better shut up. Don't even talk about IV skills at all right now, because I'm the worst, the worst ever. Um, but it, it was, it was a ton of ignorance. Like I just didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. I just thought, Oh, this is, this is what medicine is. I'm 23 years old. They're going to give me a defibrillator and I'm going to shock people. Right. You know? yeah, they showed me what rhythm to shock. I'm going to shock it. Um, and it, 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 I think thankfully there was a lot of ignorance in my career like that. Like not knowing, um, when I've talked to some guys when they were new and they're like, dude, I was terrified when I first got out there. I mean, why, 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 why were you scared? This is <laughs> what we do. And it's just solely, I didn't know any better. That was
0: all. I can understand that. You know, like, you know, it may not hit you until later, like, whoa, the like level of responsibility or whatever it is. But also just being young and, you know, given some really awesome tools. What mm-hmm. through your career, like, what do you love? Of, what have you loved about being a firefighter paramedic?
1: You know, the, the biggest thing for me is the people. And, and I, I think really anybody in any career that you enjoy would probably have the same answer that it's, you know, that's the biggest reason why you do it is the people and it's, it, it's both. It's the people I've worked with and the patients.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So like the people I've worked with and I'm sure you've seen it too. It, with I think with any critical care spot, you'll see it. Like you yeah. can have somebody you haven't seen in 10 years and you jump right back in to the exact same thing. It's because of two reasons. I think it's shared experiences mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't matter if you're, you know, I mean, I, I, meet people from across the country and you have the same experiences and then i think that these jobs attract the same kind of people mm-hmm. and so you know it's very similar personalities yeah that, that are there um so that and then the patients um the pay i gotta plug my phone in oh yeah um, the patients have been um amazing throughout the time so you know with you in the in the icu where you have those people for so long, you really, I mean, you get to know them. a lot of times we have them for 20 minutes, Yeah. but I've worked in a, well, we're used to work in a really little rural town uh, where we had 60, 70 minute transport times. And then um, even in Sonoma, if we are not going to Sonoma Valley hospital, if we go outside of the area, we, you know, we'll have them for 45, 50 minutes. And once you, you know, you do initial stuff on scene, you're, you're just kind of hanging out in the back. You might yeah. plug a bag back in or something. Um, and you start talking to them. And so when, like my real transporting paramedic time was like, you know, late mid 90s to mid 2000s. And so the, the elderly population that we really saw a ton of um, was like the, the Depression era people and World War II generation. And just some of the stories that you'd sit down and talk to them about were amazing, just amazing. You know, time people escaping Eastern Europe. Um, you know, it just like, it's, wow. it's just incredible stories. And so I mean, that, that was a blast for me, way, way more, for me, way more fun than the medicine part yeah. of it was, you know, um, because a lot of the things we do, we're so short with them. We don't see it work.
0: Oh, you know? well, that's and, true. It, you just like, hand, do yeah. stabilize them and like hand them off.
1: Yeah. Unless it's, you know, adenosine D50 or defibrillation, you don't see it work. You know, being mean, it's just, hey, I gave this to you. Hopefully in 30 minutes, it's going to do something. Yeah. Um, so, but just the stories some of these people had were incredible. And it, it was so much fun to sit down and talk with them about it. And just, you know, realize, well, I got to realize how, how just much of a wussy I was. You know, I'm talking to the 75 year old woman that carried her brother on her back across the Danube River in Poland. You know, her just <laughs> getting out during like, like yeah, um, yeah. One time, my mom didn't pack my lunch during high school. It was awful. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, just I mean, incredible stories. It's it's always going to be the people for me is what I've loved.
0: Well, you must have gotten to know you. You probably get to know your community really intimately. Like
1: you do. Um, you really do. Like now that I've, I, I used to bounce around so much, just chasing jobs up and down the stage, trying to get full time. But I've been in Sonoma for so long now that yeah, you do, you really do. And it's not that big of a town. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you really, really start to get to know people. Um, and it, it's one of those things that it it's nice to like, I don't live there. I live actually pretty far from there. Um, it's kind of nice to have a little bit of that separation also. Um, like I've, it, for a long time I never had to run that call but now I'm at that point where I know so many people in town yeah that, I mean it's common you know yeah where, you- where I've watched the local guys have to do it where they're either on family or friends and I mean it's brutal so um there is there is a nice part about being that knowing them but there's also a really nice part about having that little bit of disconnect of not yeah. living there so a third of my life it's my home and it, it really does feel like my home a lot of it there but it, it is nice to be separated a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think has been hard about your, your profession?
1: <laughs> hard about it. Um, you know, a lot of things, the, uh, um, if, if we're just keeping it medical, um, which is, you know, the focus of the podcast there, um,
2: it's, again, it's all just, of it. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I've been I've been pretty blessed with with, with stuff we've had. Um, the what's been brutal in the last I mean since 2017 we've hosted fire season. Um, it's really basically been in Sonoma County for you know 2017, 18, 19. Well, 18 we got a break, but View County burned down. But 19, 20 we're having major fires burn through our community, um, and that's I mean it's brutal. And all year normally we go out all over the state. Yeah, and that's just how how it works. Nobody's got a fire, in a fire department big enough to handle these things, so everybody shows up from, from all around. Um, but when it hits your community, it's just such a different eye opener. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it changes entirely how we act when we go out anywhere else. You know, you just are so disconnected when you're somewhere else. It's just, oh, it's our jobs. What do we do? But now, after having it burn since the uh, the Nuns' fire in 2017, burn it through our community, just changed everything for all of us when we go out anywhere else. Um, And I mean, and that that was brutal watching it, you know, burn through your own town.
0: I um, mean, so th- you're you're responding to that. So is that like, I don't know, twenty four hour shifts, like all, like I mean, I don't like what in what is that even like?
1: So our normal when we go out of county for normal big fires like that, it's twenty four hours on, twenty four off. um, On the Nuns Fire, and a lot of it was just geographically where we're located. Um, our first cruise ended up for out for three or four days, uh, in a row before we got any relief. And it's what happened is there was a major fire in Santa Rosa, a major fire in Napa. And we sit right in the middle mm-hmm. and the two highways that'll bring anybody from Northern California, Southern California, anywhere else run right through Napa and they ride, run right through Santa Rosa. So all these other engines that were coming from everywhere else just got pulled into those fires. Um, they never had a chance to get to us. So yeah, we went, we went three or four days pretty much with just our guys. We had a couple of other strike teams from other departments, but otherwise it was just us.
0: So do you have, I mean, all the, you probably, what do you run out of food? Do you run out of, I mean,
1: um, you know, normally you would, but Sonoma is a culinary community. And so all the restaurants that got closed because of it just started dropping food off everywhere. Um, so like for the first 24 hours, it was, we were running on no food, but after that we had so much food sitting everywhere. Um, just all the restaurants and all the community just pitched together and brought it. There was so, it was ridiculous. The amount of stuff that was sitting around.
0: Yeah. Huh. I can't imagine what that was like, but also like, what is it like to be on the other side of it? I mean, I guess you sort of said like, you it's changed how it is when you go out to other places, but
1: um, you know, it, it, it's part of that disconnect too, from not living there um, mm-hmm. really helped a bunch for me where a lot of the local guys that didn't know they, they were out on the line and didn't know if their houses had burned down or not. Um, you know, our neighboring department in Santa Rosa, a lot of their guys lost their homes while they were out fighting fire on mm-hmm. it. Um, we actually got pretty lucky, and but I don't think any of our guys lost anything in town. We had a couple of people live in Santa Rosa that lost homes. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and that's actually how I found out about it. I was at home um, when the Nuns Fire came in and I get a phone call. It's from uh, one of our brand new captains. He had been my driver before he promoted. And yeah, I, I see this calling. And I'd sent him the night before to a fire on the coast uh, just hmm. to go help out Cal Fire out there. And I get a call from him at three in the morning. Like, what are you calling me for? Like you wanted to be a captain, be a captain. Like, why are you calling me at home at three in the morning? And so I, I pick the phone up and he said, like, Hey, what are you doing? I'm sleeping. What do you think I'm doing? And uh, he's so, what do you mean you're sleeping? The whole town's on fire. <laughs> and I'm like, like well, why? I mean, we turn on the phone or we turn on the TV, my wife and I, and they're showing pictures of Santa Rosa where the ICU nurses were evacuating Santa Rosa, oh, Kaiser Santa Rosa, pushing patients down to uh, Steel Avenue. And, um you know so I'm, i hang out like hey i'm on my way he's like no i was calling you to see if my house was still there right because i you know I, I figured you'd at least be in town and no yeah so it in there's so much misinformation that runs out during that just so many rumors that these guys didn't know you know so once i got in i was able to help some of those guys out went up on a rig and make some phone calls to people too like no you're okay you're okay mm-hmm. but not not living in town and not have to worry about like knowing my family was 90 miles away and my house was good and my, my family was good yeah. it, it made a big difference for me but you could watch it in the guys that were local where it's just until they got back and we were able to make those phone calls you know because the cell everything of oh, the cell lines were all down but oh. so you know everybody getting back and being able to, to make contact was huge huge for them i'm kind
0: of i'm kind of blown away i'm just thinking about the enormity of those fires and the role that you have and, the, you know, it's just to, who knows to what you do. I, I, I don't think I could go headed towards a fire to, to, you know, I'd want to go the other way.
1: Yeah. You know, it, and again, it's, it's so many of us started so young and didn't know any better. Yeah. One of our, our newest, he's a full-time fire for fire fire force now he's actually in paramedic school but he's volunteer with us and that was his first call um first call i wound up on an engine with him that day he's looking at me you know there's how there's fire kind of burning up to a couple houses we had a minute he looks at me and i'm like hey man carlos this is this is what they're all like this is what happens every time he's like are you sure really like yeah man every day every day is what we do wow (laughs) no 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 carlos this is once in a career right this is once in a career but that's how some of us came into it. Like I started, like I said, in 93 and that's the Malibu, uh, Malibu firestorms. Oh, that's, that's right. It, I
0: remember that. Yeah. Know?
1: So again, I, I went down there and I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess this is what fire season is. You know, it took me 20 years later to realize like, no, this isn't really what we do that much. <laughs> but with some of us, you know, with so many of us starting so young and seeing that, mm-hmm. and I, I, I bet you see it too with, with young ICU nurses when you have just crazy things that are coming in there.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, we, we get, you know, all kinds of multi-organ failure people and, and lots mm-hmm. of overdoses and respiratory failure and all. We get a lot of, um, I mean, I mean, I'm in MICU and oncology ICU, so there's just tons of sepsis okay. and, mm-hmm. um, but GI- watch the
1: young nurses that come in and don't know anything? Right. But if that, if that's day one that you've got somebody with six drips and four pumps and two drains yeah. running in a swan GANS and I don't even know what that is. I've just heard it before. And right. I want to sound smart. <laughs> and so the, uh, yeah. And
0: they're, they're hemorrhaging out their nose and their into, eyeballs or whatever it is. Like, y- you know, you're like, welcome to the ICU. I'm sorry. Yeah, If
1: you're a new grad and that's what you walk into, you just assume that that's what it always is. Yeah. And I, I I don't think that's bad. I don't think it's a bad thing to be just like, okay, yeah, this is what we do. Yeah. But just realize, I just think, you know, for our own health later down the line, you have to realize that it's not normal, right? And it's okay to, you know, to talk to people about it and realize that, hey, there's, there's other, there's, we have to learn a way to deal with it. Like, don't just swallow it constantly.
0: Yeah what you what you've experienced in your career and a lot of people listen who who listen to this show it's not normal it's not mm-hmm. a normal like experience to be around trauma and and um you know that you get secondary trauma associated to witnessing trauma and so you know you're absolutely right um it's um' really great to hear you as a man who's had you know you're you're seasoned and you're telling people just like, Hey, like, it's good. It's good to talk about it. It's good not to push it down.
1: Right. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, and it, we used to get a break when we look at at least at fire season, we used to get a huge break. It, it was done in September. You know, it was, it was June to September. Yeah. I can go hard for three, four months and go do it, but that's going away now. You know I mean? It's we're running into December and it's starting in March and, and we don't get that, that let down time anymore mm-hmm. to where. So now, I mean, these guys, we've got it. We have to find a way. and Then my agency, one of the things I'm really proud of is we're really good with, we don't drive the guys that hard in the summer. Like, Hey, we're going to ask a lot out of you and you know, summertime it's, you know, yeah. but we get it. So we're like, Hey, if you've got vacation for these days, we're not canceling it. Go out, right. Take off, get out of here, get out for a while and don't even think about this place. Yeah. Where some agencies aren't that good. They just expect their guys to drive so hard which was fine when fire season was three months, you know, but yeah. if you're looking at a nine, 10 month fire season, people can't keep that up.
0: No, no, that's balls to the wall. Adrenaline city. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> right. Right. It's a word. And it, it's just such a grind. And it's so much time away from your family. Oh. Um, you know, and, and it, we're, that's, you know, we don't, we're we're not in these jobs just to go do it. We're in it to, you know, support our families hang out with them and actually be able to have a life on the side. Yeah. You know? So
0: do you, do you have like, what's the normal right. schedule like? So
1: we do 48 on, four days off. Um, and most of the time, except for like our busiest ambulance, um, you're getting, I mean, you're getting a decent amount of sleep. You know, our our downtown ambulance, they are getting up three times after midnight. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're running a bunch of calls. And, Um, but you know, we're getting even a bad 48 You're you're getting a few hours of sleep each night. Um, there's some nights we sleep all night, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and there's some that, yeah, you're beat up when you're four, but then you have four days off Mm. afterward um, on the regular schedule. So, but when we get into these crazy fire seasons, some of these guys are working 14, 20 days in a row. Um, and it's, 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 you're supposed to have, you, they say you have 24 off in between by the time it's all said and done it, it it's like 12 and you're you know because there's just so much more time prepping for the next day and doing oh, stuff so
0: yeah i mean you i can't imagine what that's like to take all of your stuff and who prepares the i don't know i'm gonna say it wrong like the rig or whatever
1: we take care of that stuff but everything a lot of your other needs are taken care of i mean food lodging all that and up once everything's established first couple days are always hectic and then the rest of it is is pretty logistically easy um but it's still that time away, you know. You're asking, you're asking your families just to be gone that that long. You know, my, my kids are a little bit older. Um, it's you know they can help out. Just the fact that my son can drive, which is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. That was the best day of my life um, that he can drive places. But uh, like you look at these guys that still have two, three small, you know, preschool age kids, and you're asking their wives to do it. Um, you know, for the, the females, we have they're asking their husbands <laughs> to, 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 Hey, guess what? You're a mom and a dad now for two weeks. Yeah. And it, it, it's tough. It's tough on the family. So like I said, it's one of the things I'm really proud of our agency that it's, Hey, we're going to, we're going to ask a lot out of you, but we get it. We get to where there's a point where, Hey, yeah, you got time off. Go take it, get out. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll cover it. Um, and that's not the case everywhere, which, which needs to change with the, the change in fire season. We really need to look at that industry-wide.
0: Like, I feel like you're creating a legacy for your, your department or your, your, you know, I don't know your, is it your district or, cause I yeah, don't know how either one.
1: interchangeable terms, interchangeable yeah. terms, pretty much. It's just governance. Uh, we don't want to bore people with what the difference is. Um, I, I like to think that I'm keeping the legacy going. I think that legacy was started by people before me. And, uh, you know, I'd really like to just keep that going. Um, mm-hmm. it, like I said, it, it is one of the things that has really, really made me happy to work there.
0: Well, you you definitely have to put your oxygen on yourself before you can put it on anybody else. So, right. (laughs) Sorry. That's so, I feel like that's so cliche and and
1: (laughs) it's the truth though.
0: It is. You're going to die without it. Right. Do you have any stories that have stayed with you that, that are, I don't, this doesn't have to be a traumatizing thing. Like just interesting stories that have stayed with you over your career.
1: Um, so I was, I was thinking about this cause it's like, you know, I, I've said it I was referred to your, your podcast by Sue. Um, mm-hmm. and Sue is one of the greatest storytellers of all time. And did your listeners have heard from her. So I'm like, God, what do I have that can keep up with her? What do I have to keep up with her? Um, you know, and then and I'm like, Oh no, she was there for that. I know like, she was there for that one. That's not really oh, fun. Okay. Um, but I, one of them and then I was, one that I has stuck with me a long time and I've used it to help teach new paramedics. Uh, stuff to, to where it's like, Hey man, you're no matter what you think of that hospital you're transporting to, cause you'll, you'll see it always like, Oh, they suck. You know, this doc is terrible. Um, it's no matter what you think of, they're better than you, right? You're, you're one license out in the field, but nothing else. They have more licenses, right? Yeah. There than, um, they're probably going to do better than you, but I went and this is when i worked uh, down in Kalinga, California, little, little rural town in Fresno County. Mm-hmm. And um, I was the only medic in on duty when I was there. So the, the EMT with me on the ambulance, the fire engine just had EMTs and we go, it, it's full arrest. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but and the EMTs were great, man. They, I mean, CPR started without me asking. They're stripping lines down for me, getting the tube ready, uh, everything happening. So, BFib, uh, you know, the shock them, it's back in the old days of ACLS. So, bam, 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 shock them three oh, times, stack yeah. it up. And so, I'm all right, let me get them intubated real quick. Go, I cannot get there. I cannot get a tube in this guy. And this was, Not your hey. You're never going to get this guy intubated. It was the exact opposite. This this was you know five foot six, 130 pounds. Yeah, you're
0: like you should see the airway.
1: Right, right. You should see it with no the ridges go. It should be right there. Um, and same thing. uh, Unbelievable veins on this cat. Um, I could not get him intubated. I could not get an IV into him for the life of me. And there's nobody for me to turn around and say, hey, let's do it. So it took me an absurd amount of time to finally just say, hey just put him in and go, right Get him to somebody that can do this for him and get yeah. him going. So we, we run him down to the hospital with me just doing CPR. I can't get him any meds. I got no route to give him meds. I got nowhere away. And we get him in and this little hospital in Kalinga, um, their group, their physician group was out of LA and uh, so the the doc that was up there, he's an attending at UCLA Harbor. Um he I think he teaches at Daniel Freeman Paramedic School. He runs one of the flight medic programs down there. That guy's just a rock star. Mm-hmm. Um and my future wife, um, I think we we're dating at the time, was the, the nurse. Oh and that's it, that's the whole staff of, of their ER. Uh at this whole hospital. And so they they're coming in, you know, they helped me move them over. My partner and I are moving them over. Dr. Uner innovated them in between the gurney and the bed. I'm just in midair, sinks in, sinks in an ET tube into him. My wife is looking at me, taking the report. Um, as you know, I'm like, yeah, we found him down. This time longer down. The only thing I am able to do for him is shock him three times. But uh, she's eye contact with me as she puts an 18 gauge in his wrist, you know, it's <laughs> flowing. And his wife's walk out, but like, I I should probably quit. I should probably look it in your career because this guy would have been better off with a taxi picking him up. It would have been less time down this time on scene. Um but the calls always stuck with me because it's it's one, I was so ready to get brutalized by the ED staff. Like, you know, you can't, and they were just like, no, oh, man, this happens, right? There's, there's times you don't get it. That's and it's true. Kind of, right?
2: It's true. Um, it been
1: the, the, the total other way, right? It could have been totally like, what do you mean? You didn't get it. Um, but I've, I've used it when I've had paramedic students or just young medics. I've been around like, man, you're this is going to happen to you, right? Your whole job is just to mitigate this call to make it somewhat better than it was until you can get them to the ED if you can at least do that you've succeeded right i mean it's there's no medical aid that's still going on forever right? and there, there wasn't a code from 4 years ago that somebody's still working you know catch your breath <laughs> catch it's your breath and just get them to the ed a little bit better than you found them and and you're you're ahead of the game so yeah and then oh. it turns out this guy was like best friends with my wife's dad <laughs> and, oh wow. You know, so yeah, that was that was later down the road. I found that one out. Because I'm even telling her, like, yeah, I know nothing about this patient. I don't know how old he is. I don't have a name. I don't have nothing. She's like, oh yeah, no, I know. him am <laughs> that's good. We can pull all that up. That was what yeah, it's walked out in the ambulance bay for a while and you know, reassess my life for You're a little like, bit.
0: Right. <laughs> Man. But it's so true. Like, you know, sometimes. I mean, whatever, like sometimes you're off and then, but that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that you're a bad paramedic or a bad nurse or a bad respiratory therapist. Like we're going to have days where we're just not going to get shit. But, but what you did, which was awesome, which was like, okay, well we just got to go because you were, you know, like you said, he would have been, he was going to get what he needed. You'd have a different team, at least trying.
1: Right exactly exactly and that was probably the biggest lesson in it for me like i said i stuck around way too long if you taught me five years later same call once i didn't get the two but like, let's just go let's go somebody's gonna fix this guy we're gonna do really good cpr because that's all we can do right now and uh yeah yeah and it, it has been that call it's funny it's it stuck with me for 20 something years now and uh it has been and it's been a great teaching moment for a lot of other people but it comes back to ego right not having that big i think ego is one of the biggest detriments to to all of these careers on it Mm -hmm. Uh, you know it could be like oh I am the big paramedic I'm going to save all this and then it's funny because the paramedics were the highest ranking in the field but it's the lowest license when you get anywhere else right so in the field we can be like oh I am the big paramedic but then you get to the hospital and you should realize that man these these people know a lot more than you (laughs) and they've probably seen a little bit more um, but we get that ego of I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. Um, and you see it at every level. We see it in all professions, but if, if we could just get away from ego of just, Hey, let's just do what's right. Instead yeah. of you know, stroking my own ego constantly.
0: Yeah. I've talked about this before on the show, but it's about the patient,
1: right? Yeah. Let's do what's best for the patient. That That is our job. It all boils down to that.
0: It sucks not to get your IV or I mean, whatever it is, that sucks. It feels bad, but you know, you just gotta, like I you miss said, enough
1: of them, you get over it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're like, damn it. Right. What would you um, recommend? Like, if someone was gonna become a paramedic or go in, like paramedic slash firefighter, like, um, what would you recommend for them? Or what are your thoughts if they wanted to go in that field?
1: It it's funny. It depends on what you want to do with it. Right. So, I mean, if you're, if you're looking to get into the fire service, you're going to have to be a medic. That's just the way things are right now. Um, and most private ambulance companies are grinds. I mean, they, they really are, um, our local one in Sonoma County. I mean, it's shocking. Like they actually pay decent and give raises, and you know, they so they do They have these long-term paramedics that are really, really good. Um, where I started down in LA and San Bernardino County, I mean, seven bucks an hour. And and they just wore us out and it was the guys were there for six months and they'd get a fire department job and move on. Um, you know, if you're, if you're really looking at getting into it, it's experience is, is huge. Just like, I mean, the schools are easier to get into. It's not like nursing school where, Hey, you have a bunch of volunteer experience, all this other stuff will help. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
1: but having time as an EMT and watching paramedics work and getting an idea of what they actually do and what it's all about is huge. Uh, my first day of my internship, my field internship, was my first day on an ambulance. Oh. Um, I I'd, I'd only worked on fire engines, and so it. I walked into our first call, which is—I'll you know, still tell students—the worst call ever. It's just the weak and dizzy, right? I mean, chest pain, easy. I know what to do there. Mm-hmm. Um, trauma, easy. I can look at them and tell you what's wrong. Mm-hmm. But the week and dizzy, where it's oh shit, it could be like everything, right? <laughs> it can be just everything. I was done in about two minutes with my assessment um, and I'm looking around and my, 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 paramedic preceptors. I'm like, Hey man, anybody else got anything they want to add? Is they just shoved me out of the way and, you know, I'd take over and then they're asking me, like, Hey, so where do you want to go with them? Like the hospital? And they're like, well, which one? Oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm like, I, I come from like Tahoe. That's where i worked on an engine. There was one hospital. I mean, this is in LA County down there. I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean there's more than one? <laughs> and, and then, yeah, because you, know, you get specialties and all this other stuff. And I didn't even know how to work the gurney. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I know. So, I mean, I was failing before I started. And um, so go out and get some experience mm-hmm. doing that stuff. And, and private ambulance EMT is a semester long college class. Um, it's not hard. One of my son's friends was talking to me the other day about it. he wants to get into the fire service. So we sat down and talked about it. I'm like, yeah, go first class, first class, you take EMT. Don't worry about the other fire science once to you, can take those, do that, but get EMT out of the way right now. So go find a job, go get an EMT job on an ambulance. They're hiring all the time. Go do that. Learn what it's all about. And then you'll have the hours required to get into a school, but you'll know what you're doing. You'll have mm-hmm. a basic idea and then ask questions you know, ask the medics what they're doing. When you get to the ER, ask the nurses why they just lit the medic up about these things, you know, that they didn't ask.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and just, that's the big one. Get, get out and go do it.
0: That's great advice. And you stuck with it.
1: That is, did. That
0: do you have any last closing thoughts for the show?
1: You know, no, I, I dig what you're doing with it. I think it's it's a really, really cool program. I'm going to have a few more. I think I've done three or four so far. Thank you. No, I mean, I think it's great. I think, you know, that's it's uh, it, somehow I don't know. I was in bed at work the other day and I was looking at my phone, and I don't know how this thought came into my mind, but I was looking up the uh, the Joy Behar doctor stethoscope line. Oh, <laughs> it, so and I, I don't know why this popped up. Um, and so I was, I was going through it, and it, I, I think just education for the public more and more about truly what nursing is. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's like, I mean, I've lived with a nurse for 20 plus years. My second mom growing up was a nurse. Mm-hmm. The, uh, um, and I've always had huge respect for him, but it's when you still see stuff like that, I mean, keep this thing going, keep that out there for people get to get an idea of what nursing truly is about. Um, because it's, it, you know, and, and I'm still ignorant with the ICU on it, a, a time on it. Cause I'm just scared of it. I'm scared of what goes on up there. Um, but the uh, it's, For you guys up there, I mean, how? Where where is a physician?
0: Um, they're available by call. I mean, they're they're around. They're like in their team rooms. They um Mm -hmm. and you know, depending if the patient's not doing well, they're in their room with you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but. Yeah. And that night, everything yeah.
1: else is nurses. I mean, everything else that happens. And even then, even they don't know they're not doing well, unless a nurse comes up and does, and does these things. So, yeah.
0: I mean, that's, that's a very true statement.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, my biggest one just keep this thing going. Keep going with what you're doing on it and just keep spreading the word.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Be back. I, um, I'm so grateful that you decided to do this podcast. I'm going to get your address so i can send you something in the mail um awesome but um brian such a pleasure and uh i'm gonna close this one out as like i always do and say stay safe and stay sane and i'll see you on the next one
1: all right nicole take care